0: Suture Needle Injuries During Wound Closure Examining Sources of Distraction in the OR by Barbara L. DeTulio Abstract Despite focus on prevention of needle stick injuries, intraoperative injuries involving suture needles have increased in the past two decades. When interruptions occur during surgery, a practitioner's focus is disengaged, creating an error space Re-engagement of the practitioner takes exponentially longer as each subsequent interruption occurs during the procedure. Human factors studies focus on the interaction between individuals and the environment in which they work. For example, processes equipment. Researchers use a human factors approach to understand distractions during surgery. Using this methodology, wound closure is viewed as a standalone process and the effect of distractions and interruptions on suture needle injuries is examined. Competing priorities, combined with interruptions, present opportunities for altered situational awareness, which can lead to injury. This article redefines wound closure as a vulnerable time with great potential for error, a time during which distractions and interruptions can lead to suture needle injuries and other unexpected outcomes. Since the passage of the Needlestick Safety and Prevention Act in 2000, progress has been made in reducing hospital based needlestick injuries among healthcare workers by employing the use of needleless systems and other products specifically designed for safety. Although there has been an overall decrease in needlestick and sharps injuries in hospitals, in the OR, percutaneous injuries have not decreased. In fact, Suture needle injuries have increased by 6.5% since the act was passed. Nearly 40% of all Sharps injuries occur in the OR, compared with all other areas of the hospital. Of those injuries, approximately 77% are from suture needles. Research results show that injuries from Sharps occur in up to 15% of surgical procedures. However, underreporting is significant, with estimates ranging between 36 and 83%. Some of the barriers to reporting healthcare worker injuries include a cumbersome hospital protocol that requires obtaining the patient's consent for testing, waiting to be relieved to visit the occupational health department, and the possible need to start prophylactic antiviral medications while waiting for results. At an academic teaching hospital in 2014, a committee comprising nursing leaders, an expert in lean methodology, and frontline healthcare workers, convened to determine and then evaluate the reasons for employee injuries. The committee identified that intraoperative team members are so focused on the many aspects of patient safety that they can lose perspective and fail to consider their own personal safety. Although patient safety is paramount, all members of the intraoperative team, that is, are in circulator, scrub person or surgical technologist, anesthesia professional, surgeon, fellow, resident, or practitioner, have a responsibility to ensure and preserve their own safety as well as the safety of the team. Current Strategies Aimed at Suture Needle Injury Prevention Each perioperative team member has a specific role to perform that may include tasks that involve suture needles. For example, the scrub person is tasked with the job of opening, loading, passing, and receiving suture needles and securing them to the needle board. The RN circulator is responsible for opening the sterile pack of suture needles onto the sterile field and searching for them in the event any are missing. The surgeon or the assistant participate in receiving suture needles, potentially adjusting a needle in the needle driver, and suturing. Any one of these activities may lead to injury, which is why prevention strategies are vital to Safe Sharps handling. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health classify strategies to prevent injury based on their effectiveness using the hierarchy of controls. See Figure 1. This tool breaks down and categorizes preventive exposure controls from most effective, that is, Elimination of the hazard entirely to least effective, that is, use of personal protective equipment. Elimination of the hazard is most desirable in preventing injury. Some substitutions to suturing have emerged with alternate closure techniques, such as staples and surgical adhesives. The American College of Surgeons supports the use of blunt tip suture needles when possible to prevent injury. However, It also recognizes that blunt-tip needles may not be suitable for all tissue types. Many surgeons choose not to use blunt-tip needles because they have a slightly rounded tip that does not penetrate as easily as other needles, thereby compromising clinical effectiveness. The type of needle used, for example, curved, straight, taper, cutting, reverse cutting, is dependent on the incision and type of tissue being closed for example, muscle, fascia, skin. Taper point needles are routinely used in muscle, fascia, peritoneum, and viscera. Cutting needles are typically used for skin or other tough tissue. Therefore, if more pressure is required for a blunt tip needle to penetrate tissue, it can potentially alter the surgeon's suturing ability and lead to injury. An estimated 60% of suture needle injuries occur during muscle and fascia suturing, and 41% occur during skin and other tissue suturing. Most suture needle injuries involved curved needles. Administrative controls that change the way people work have been employed as a strategy to prevent injury. The hands-free technique, which has been identified as a best practice, is based on the principle that no two caregivers will have their hands on the same needle at the same time. Neutral or safe zones that rely on the elimination of passing needles also have been identified as a best practice. It is not possible for personnel to use both the hands-free technique and safe zones in all surgeries. For example, there may be limited space at the surgical field or a surgeon working under a microscope. Finally, Personal protective equipment in the form of double-gloving also has been used to reduce the effects of suture needle injury. Although this control is the least effective in preventing injury, research results show the volume of blood on an instrument or needle that perforates a double glove can be reduced by as much as 95% when compared with the amount of blood present when a single glove is used. These measures represent the most current approach to the prevention of suture needle injuries. Despite their implementation, injuries are still occurring, and the current evidence does not explain why. Investigating the situation by asking questions such as What else was taking place at the time of or immediately before the needle stick? And What was the intraoperative team member focusing on at the time of injury? may provide insight into how to prevent the injury from recurring. With strong, well-established practice controls for the prevention of suture needle injuries, there may be other less obvious factors contributing to these injuries. Analyzing the problem on a deeper level, beyond what is currently known, as well as considering the variables that may interfere with the procedure or distract the intraoperative team member, may help to reduce unexpected outcomes for patients and intraoperative team members. Distractions in the OR The OR is a highly technical and fast-paced environment. Production pressure is prevalent and creates competing priorities for the intraoperative team, such as balancing the many facets of patient safety while also ensuring the expediency of surgery. Speed and haste in task performance resulting from production pressure and urgent or emergent procedures, increase staff members' vulnerability to exposure injuries. In the OR, multitasking is prized, yet it often takes attention away from the task at hand. Even only a momentary lapse in attention can increase the risk of injury. Background noise, including beepers, equipment and instrumentation, music, cell phones, phone calls, and personnel entering and exiting the OR can cause distraction. Although there is conversation that is essential to the procedure, for example, surgical counts, closed-loop communication regarding medications or specimens, much of it is non-essential. For example, staff members may enter the OR with a question about the previous or next procedure or offer idle personal conversation to pass the time. Observations have shown that that internal disruptions also can occur. For example, staff members may experience a sense of relief while one procedure is ending and begin thinking about the next procedure or other pending tasks. They may experience cognitive fatigue or mental exhaustion and may develop a false sense of security that the end of the current procedure will proceed as planned. Cognitive and physical fatigue play a role in distraction, because OR team members frequently work long hours in a fast-paced environment, which may contribute to the risk for injury. A survey of physicians in training revealed that 23% of injuries from sharp devices were related to long hours and sleep deprivation. Most suture needle sticks occur during wound closure when the needle is in use. The scrubbed person is tasked with loading and cutting sutures while also performing multiple surgical counts and preparing instruments for reprocessing. Personal observation has shown that if a staff member experiences a suture needle injury during this time, the internal disruption may be profound because it threatens the personal safety of the intraoperative team member who sustained the injury. Human factors application Human factors models which explore the interaction between individuals and the processes, equipment, and environment in which they work, are increasingly being used in the studies of the OR environment because they correlate well with the OR's complexity of issues, competing priorities, and the interplay between preparation, function, and risk. In one study, human factors researchers observed 24 cardiac procedures for flow interruptions during a four-month period their observations included all members of the intraoperative team. For example, scrubbed personnel, perfusionists, anesthesia professionals, nursing team members. The researchers observed 693 interruptions that resulted in time taken away from tasks at hand, thereby creating an error space or threat window in which errors could occur. This error space increases exponentially as the interruptions accumulate. This observation is notable because disruptions during surgery are inevitable and are especially prevalent at the end of procedures. Wound closure, during which suturing occurs, coincides with the culmination of the error space, making it the most vulnerable time for error. There are six major categories used to classify human factors-related disruptions In the Realizing Improved Patient Care Through Human-Centered OR Design Threat Window Analysis RIPCORD TWA Framework Communication, Coordination, Equipment Issues, Interruptions, Layout, and Usability Human Factors Researchers designed the RIPCORD TWA Framework to classify categories of disruptions encountered during observations in healthcare settings. Three of the categories are especially relevant to wound closure. Communication, coordination, and interruptions. Communication includes confusing, simultaneous, non-essential, ineffective communication, and environmental noise. Minimizing distractions and environmental noise during perioperative patient care is a key strategy for preventing injury and maintaining patient safety. Although communication is identified in the RIPCORD-TWA framework as a category of disruption, communication that is routine, expected, and patient-related during wound closure is essential for safe patient care, particularly when it concerns surgical counts and clinical discussion of the patient. It is the non-essential communication that diverts attention from the patient that is included in the framework. In addition to communication-related disruptions, Distractions involving coordination, described as a change in staff members as a result of breaks or end-of-shift relief, and other interruptions, such as human or technological distractions, also are included in the framework and occur frequently during wound closure. Originating in the field of human factors, the software, hardware, environment, liveware shell, model is used in the aviation industry to understand pilot performance from the viewpoint of the interface among the elements of the system that represent the different work domains during flight. Researchers who study human factors are concerned with human limitations and the capabilities that rise out of interaction with the domains and result in variability in performance, which presents opportunity for error. Applying the shell model to the OR highlights the safety risks inherent to the wound closure phase and provides insight into the innumerable opportunities for disruption that present during this stage of a procedure. See Figure 2. The effect of distractions. The work environment in the OR during a surgical procedure is physically and cognitively demanding, and perioperative team members must maintain a state of constant situational awareness. Focused attention to numerous processes and procedures, for example, Instrument and equipment setup, consent confirmation, surgical counts, specimen management, effective documentation, checklist completion—each performed with an initial check and often cross-check—is both essential and exhausting for team members. Team changes for breaks or shift relief is essential for team members' well-being, operational effectiveness, and regulatory compliance. However, These interruptions can prove extremely disruptive to the flow in the OR. The perioperative team's engagement in the handover of critical information and the departure and arrival of team members cause a break in continuity and present the opportunity for an increase in safety risk. Noise and time pressure, whether actual or perceived, adds a heightened sense of urgency and increases challenges to safety. Communication related to the patient and procedure in progress is essential. However, non-essential communication can be disruptive because it diverts attention from the tasks at hand and can compromise safety. When individuals enter to check on the progress of a procedure, provide lunch relief, or ask questions about other patients, or if team members receive phone calls unrelated to the present patient and procedure, it pulls attention away from the patient and task and increases risk. The Role of Education Every process and procedure involves a training component. Repetition increases familiarity, thereby allowing team members to perform tasks safely. Distractions and interruptions in a routine introduce gaps, opportunities for error and omission. Familiarity with a routine allows the trained team member to, over time, Screen out less important pieces of information that may interfere with situational awareness. Cultural norms play an important role in determining the point at which a team member has reached the appropriate level of competence to function independently in a role or task, which is based on education and orientation. However, the inability to screen out less important information, which can compromise situational awareness, can increase the risk for potential error injury, or an unexpected outcome for a patient or provider. It would follow, then, that after perioperative team members are educated in wound closure, they would be less likely to experience injury. However, this is not the case. Although team members may have learned the proper use and handling of suture needles, inexperience may prevent them from selectively being able to screen out those activities or requests that are less important in the moment leading to perceptual error and decreased situational awareness. However, even the most seasoned perioperative team members may experience momentary altered situational awareness and sustain an injury. An interesting finding that has become apparent while investigating this topic is that the incidence of suture needle injuries among surgical technologists is lower than among other members of the surgical team. A comparison of institutional data from 2008 and 2018 reflects a nearly identical low rate of injury among surgical technologists. Surgical technologists and nurses who complete AORN's Periop 101 program receive academic safety and technical handling training in their core educational programs. Because these skills are emphasized from the outset of their studies, and surgical technologists in particular employ these skills daily. It may be possible for surgical technologists to acquire a heightened ability to screen out interruptions more effectively than other members of the surgical team, thereby preventing them from sustaining injuries at the same rate. Experience and longevity also should be examined. Consider the following scenario in which a researcher observes a novice RN's performance during the wound closure portion of a procedure. Nurse C is a novice RN who is new to the scrub person role and is working with an experienced preceptor. Nurse C, although novice, is considered competent to function independently in wound closure. When the team learns an impending urgent add-on procedure will follow, the preceptor breaks scrub and leaves Nurse C to finish the closing count in wound closure to Prepare for the urgent next procedure. The researcher observes Nurse C participating in wound closure in a visibly distracting environment with music playing, the phone ringing, and both non essential and simultaneous communication occurring among members of the surgical team. Nurse C is handling competing demands of participating in counts while receiving suture passed back to her at the same time. Nurse C works quickly. To address each individual demand for attention, but appears to have difficulty screening out less important interruptions. Nurse C's attention is diverted to the back table momentarily, and on turning back to the field, she suddenly sustains a suture needle injury when the surgeon passes back the used suture unannounced. Altered situational awareness related to multiple distractions and competing demands for attention in the OR environment is the apparent cause of the injury. See Figure 3. Wound Closure Observations and Implications for Practice Observing wound closure as a standalone activity during a surgical procedure helped the researcher identify important information about the many competing priorities that exist during this critical phase. As the surgical procedure nears completion, perioperative staff members may begin to consider and plan for the next patient care activity. For example, surgical count completion to prevent retained surgical items, specimen reconciliation, completion of required documentation, preparation for patient transport. Their focus, therefore, may be less on the wound closure and more on the end of the procedure and transitioning to the next procedure. Perioperative nurses continuously move physically and cognitively from one task to another to meet the demands of the scrubbed surgical team members and anesthesia professionals and coordinate activities related to the end of a procedure. The researcher observed nurses struggle to keep pace with the excessive, though necessary, demands. A single misstep during this crucial period can result in a critical failure. For example, retained surgical item specimen error. An imbalance between the surgical schedule and perioperative staff member availability can create time and production pressures that promote rushing, which can threaten patient and staff member safety. The AORN, Guideline for Team Communication, emphasizes the importance of only one team member speaking at a time and keeping interruptions and disruptions to a minimum. The researcher observed many activities that contributed to environmental noise and disruption. For example, staff members entering and exiting the OR, consolidating instrumentation, moving equipment in and out of the OR. It was difficult for the researcher to determine the level of disruption caused by each occurrence. However, it was evident that each incident introduced a component into the environment that took the nurse's attention away from the workload even if only momentarily, these interruptions present a safety risk because they can lead to perceptual errors that interfere with situational awareness by diverting attention from the task at hand. Changes in perioperative staff members for breaks or shift relief are categorized as disruptions in coordination in the RIPCORD twa framework. These are especially disruptive to the flow of a surgical procedure. Changes in OR personnel during wound closure should be avoided whenever possible. When a change in caregiver occurs, the ownership of care is transferred from one team member to another. Each transfer or handover of care creates a gap in which information can be lost, missed, or misinterpreted. And this presents a risk that can result in both minor or major errors with profound consequences the researcher observed multiple examples of such disruptions during wound closure. Leaders should emphasize the importance of minimizing disruptions with all members of the perioperative team. See sidebar 1. Wound closure is a time of transition and of competing demands that requires intense focus. It represents the culmination of the threat window when interruptions and disruptions are at their peak and is a period with great potential for staff member injury. The researchers' observations during wound closure, independent of the procedure, helped explain why suture needle injuries at this time may be more prevalent. Distractions and interruptions make it very difficult for team members to remain focused on the task of suturing, regardless of their education and experience. Conclusion there is a tremendous opportunity to increase understanding among all team members of the role the distractions and interruptions play in the OR environment and how these can increase staff members' vulnerability to errors and injuries. Researchers are applying human factors approaches to studies of the clinical environment because these provide an alternate vantage point from which to evaluate clinical practice, performance, and outcomes. Although patient safety is paramount – perioperative team member safety and competency are equally important, and efficiency holds an important place in ensuring fiscal responsibility when providing excellent patient care. The use of tools such as the SHELL model hold promise for researchers working to predict and prevent injury, error, and unexpected outcomes through a deeper understanding of the underlying complexity of work environments. As with all perioperative environmental concerns and initiatives, All disciplines involved in the provision of direct patient care must take an active role in creating and sustaining the safest and highest quality patient care environment possible.